Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty League. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent, and I am welcomed in once again by Stephen Devo Deaton. What's up, Stephen? What's up? Man, week three is in the books, bro. The NFL it is. season's going way too quick this year. This was rolling. We were rolling. Man, who would have thought that Kirk Cousins would be the QB one on the year, Stephen? He's here. We're here. This is where we're at. All right, Stephen. Week three is in the books, man. How'd your teams turn out last week? All right, uh, week three in the books, my redraft leagues. Uh, finished one and two again. I think this is my nice. third one and two uh, finish on the week on the uh, season for redraft. That puts me three and six overall for those of you keeping home and math whizzes. Uh, Dynasty this week, I went five and five, two of those being rebuild reloads. I'm 19 and 13 overall in Dynasty. If you're wondering about the discrepancy of some weeks, me going like I think last week I went nine and two or three. And like this week, I'm saying I went five and five. A couple of those leagues, the schedules have it where you play a double header, and then the, like really? the next week, the next week it's a the next week you might only be playing one. So yeah, a couple a couple of those leagues I'm in is it's you play you'll play a double header, so you'll play two different teams in the same week. So it's really it's kind of cool. It's just the way they have the schedule set up. So that's the discrepancy on there. In case anybody was wondering, I'm sure nobody was. Nobody's probably even caught it, but that's the discrepancy there. So anyway, five and five in Dynasty, nineteen thirteen overall there so far on the year. That's pretty cool, man. I've never heard of that before. Uh, in my leagues last week, redraft, I went two and one. I'm sitting five and four overall. Fairly happy with it. Uh, the one loss that I had last week, I was the second highest scorer, which is great. Uh, Dynasty, I went five and six with six rebuild slash reloads, but sadly, one of those losses was not a rebuild slash reload. So that's great. Uh, overall, I'm sitting 12 and 27 in Dynasty this year. Not a great percentage. Uh, yeah, Steven. So that's pretty much the recap of our of our leagues, man, and how we're sitting right now to trying to hold each other accountable and stuff. Uh, let's get into this news and notes segment because there's a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, man, we got a lot. And what kind of podcast would we be if we didn't start the week off here with the biggest news of the NFL weekend? Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. BJ, tell me what you think about this. Who is Taylor Swift? <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. Uh man, I I've seen this everywhere. And Steven, I love the fact that uh one of your underdog picks, man, was Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. With Taylor yep. Swift being at that game, man, that was a great call. So good good job on that one. Yep. Uh honestly, man, I I don't get into the whole pop culture slash like hype around this whole dating thing. Um, I think Kelsey's still going to ball out. I don't really give a crap about his personal life and him being a spokesperson for COVID booster shots and him getting uh, millions of followers on Instagram because of his relationship with Taylor Swift. All that kind of stuff I think is nonsense, to be honest with you. Uh, I do love Stephen, though. Bill Belichick, he came out and uh, they asked him. Man, uh, one thing, Bill Belichick always reminds me of Popovich in the NBA. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But uh, they asked him the same question. They said, hey, how are you feeling about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift with them dating and stuff? And Belichick said, well, you know, uh, Travis has had a lot of good catches in his career, a lot of great catches. Uh, this will by far be his best. And I, I, I'm props to Bill Belichick for having some humor there, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's kind of funny. Uh, Jody's a big, like, not a big Taylor Swift person, but she likes her okay. My daughter's a huge Taylor Swift person. She loves her. And then uh, – Jody really does like Travis Kelsey. She's a little heartbroken right now, but you know she'll get over it. She'll have to. Um, I think it's really funny though the things that pop culture can do. Like us being sports guys, and I'm I'm similar to you, BJ, and where I don't get into the pop culture aspect as much, but I do follow it a little bit. But it's funny how the two worlds collide. Like you saw on Twitter, so many people saying trying to learn about football like i saw something that said okay let's break this down for all our taylor swift fans this is how the game of football is played (laughs) and so like they were just going over the basic of basic things so i thought it was really funny on that but man what uh taylor swift has kind of done for kelsey uh i saw this this week that last year his jersey wasn't even in the top 10 of best-selling jerseys in 2022 Um, but thanks to this resurgence of for him through taylor swift um, his jersey is on a 400% spike in sales right mm. now. Um, so that's just one of the that's just one of the one of the kind of crazy things going on right now. Kelsey's day on the field was 
what you would think Kelsey would do. Seven catches for 69 yards and a touchdown um, with Taylor Swift in attendance. So, man, it's just uh, it's kind of funny, man. It's kind of funny, man. So, anyway, let's get off of that. Let's move on to our next uh, next bit of news and notes. We'll actually talk about some football here, guys. Um, we're going to start here uh, where we started last week, man. Let's start with Justin Fields, man. The struggles continue here in week three, man. He finished the game against the Chiefs with a stat line of 50% completion rate for 99 yards, 99 passing yards, B.J., one touchdown, one interception. He had 11 carries for 47 yards. He's currently the QB 13 on keep trade cut uh, and probably going to drop over the next week. We talked about fields on last week's episode, as I mentioned. But, BJ, my question now is this. How comfortable with you? How comfortable are you with starting any player on the Chicago Bears offense going forward? I don't think you're comfortable at all, man. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've got DJ Moore in a couple of spots and like I'm I'm having to start him just because I don't really have a ton of depth, but I'm I'm not comfortable with it. I'm not excited about it. Um uh, and outside of him, man, I mean you're not you're not hardly starting Cole Komet in any league. Uh Khalil Herbert's probably not making your lineup. And so I'm I don't think people are feeling good at all right now. Yeah, man, it's 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 ugly. It's really ugly and it's it's gone really sour really quick, it feels like, for Justin Fields. The report come out this week that said Bears Brass is not real certain on Fields as their future, basically. So that's mm-hmm. just a huge turnaround from what we thought three weeks ago, BJ. Um, BJ, I had a, I had a fellow dynasty owner reach out for reach out to me this week and ask about a, a trade involving Justin Fields. It's just a hypothetical trade. He didn't accept this trade. Um, but it's a hypothetical trade here. Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers are Justin Fields in dynasty. Oh man, it's crazy because Aaron Rodgers is hurt. Like, like there's there there was a report on McAfee this past week where Rodgers is like, man, uh, sitting at home watching the game on Sunday made me realize that I still want to play. And so it's looking like he's gonna come back next year, hopefully fully healthy and ready to ball out with the Jets. But I mean, as a competitor, you at least gotta look at this trade offer, right, Stephen? I mean, about two months ago. It would have been a lot more lopsided on the field side, but I mean, who's to say that Aaron Jones can't outscore Justin Fields every single week? You know? Yeah, I, and I kind of had the same sentiment. Like Aaron Jones feels like he could outscore Justin Fields at this point in any week. I, my advice on this would probably be just to hold Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm just really, I'm really worried about Fields. I'm really worried about it until I can see maybe a, a turnaround or or something. Who knows? I, I was talking to a guy about Fields and just his play this year, and I told him, I said, man, I was drinking the Kool-Aid too, man. It's like, dude, he looked so good at the end of last year, but we, we should have seen this coming. Like, he did nothing. at He did nothing, BJ, at the end of last year. I don't care what you say or what kind of lies you want to tell yourself. He did nothing to prove to us that he could throw the ball as oh, yeah. a quarterback in the NFL. He did nothing to prove he could do that. And we're all just sipping the Kool-Aid like, oh, man, Justin Fields, man, he could still be uh, useful and he's going to be their franchise quarterback. He looks like the dude. And we were just sipping on that rushing that he was doing and all that scoring and fantasy, and it looked great. But as this year's rolled around, and I don't think he's got any help from his coaches, I'll be honest. I'm not placing all the blame on Justin Fields here. The coaching's been bad. He's been bad. It's probably a, a multitude of things. BJ, I don't know if he can throw the football. And you kind of have to be able to do that if you're a quarterback in the NFL. So I'm really worried at this point. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to from one quarterback to another <laughs> ugly quarterback here, Zach Wilson. And, man, if you think Justin Fields is ugly, <laughs> Zach Wilson <laughs> just a step into my office. Um, it's just ugly, man. He finished this past week 18 for 36, 157 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions against the Patriots. The weather was less than ideal. Um, the Pats defense is always strong. Bill Belichick's always scheming. Um, but at some point we really just got to say, call a spade a spade, right? Take these training wheels off and just say it is what it is. And I think some people have kind of started to do that this week. I saw, I think, uh, Joe Namath was kind of going off and saying Robert Salem need to be held accountable. They need to just cut ties with Zach Wilson. And, uh, so there's been, he's gets he's Robert Salem's catching some heat. Zach Wilson's catching some heat. Um, so it's, it's kind of going down, but again, Robert Salem is post game continues to back Wilson mm-hmm. said they need to be better around him said that, you know, he's doing a, a decent job and that they just need to be better around him. Uh, a, a report did surface 
a report did surface Sunday morning before kickoffs about Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz maybe both reaching out. I think since then, Matt Ryan has came out and said he's happy uh, with CBS. Uh, have not heard any new information on Carson Wentz. Um, but, man, BJ, what are the Jets doing here? And And if you own Zach Wilson, what would you take for him right now? First off, if the Jets go from Zach Wilson to Carson Wentz, I think that speaks volume about both players, uh, just to be honest with you. Uh, honestly, Steven, I don't know what the Jets are doing, bro. I can't I can't pinpoint it. Um, Sayla is all about that Zach Wilson, man. And, yeah, like I, I know that you're, you're a Zach Wilson truther, but even you're saying on this podcast he's been ugly this year. And my thing is, man, if I've got Zach Wilson, like Steven, we talked about it just the other day, man. Uh, I had an offer come through where I was going to be sending my Zach Wilson away for Nick Chubb immediately after he uh, tore his knee, and we thought his career was completely over. And uh, I ended up rejecting that trade, man, and I wish I could just go back two more weeks, you know, and uh, just hit smash accept real quick. Uh, Man, Zach Zach Wilson, dude, I think the least you're going to take for him right now, I mean, I don't think you're going to – I don't think you're going to get a second for him, to be honest with you, Uh, even if he starts uh, like another five games. I I think the best you're going to get is a third. And I mean, I think that's kind of iffy. And I saw today, I think the Jets ended up signing Trevor Simeon. And I've heard a lot of reports, a lot of people saying that they could very easily turn to him as the year goes on. I don't know, BJ. I don't know. I'm not saying Zach Wilson's good or the answer, but I can't take a third. So no, he'll just have to, he'll just have to rot. So, um, Man, I'm tired of talking about Zach Wilson. Let's move on. C.J. Stroud. Let's talk about something good, B.J. C.J. Stroud. He finished the week this week with a really surprising win over the Jaguars. And I actually actually texted a buddy and I said, man, were the Jaguars at the end of the year just – was it a fluke or are the Jags for real? And his response was they're for real. Um, But I just don't know. But C.J. Stroud comes out with a surprising win over them, 31-17. I don't think anybody saw them beating Trevor Lawrence and company. Uh, he was the QB 12 on the week this week, currently sitting at QB 14 on the year. Wow. Um, BJ, I know for most people um, in this rookie class just this past year, he was pretty much the consensus QB three in their rookie rankings. Uh, and most were really kind of writing him off for this season, uh, saying, you know, he's the QB three. Yeah, he'll probably start, but he's not going to be very good. Um, he's kind of proven all of that wrong in my opinion here bj do you still have him ranked as the qb3 for the class it's tough man uh i think i'm not ready to put him at one yet even though he is qb14 i still like a rich at that spot um and honestly we saw him have a concussion last week but uh two weeks ago when he suffered that concussion he actually in the first what quarter and a half had like 14 fantasy points and so I still got AR pretty solid, solidified in that number one spot. But I will say this, Stephen. I was actually texting our, our friend Kelby today, and I was like, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? And he's like, I guess Stroud right now. And he said, I, I worry about upside with both of them. And I was like, you know what? You got a point. And he even asked the question. He's like, who's it going to be in six months? Who's it going to be in a year? And I was like, man, as of right now, I don't know. You know, I was the one that touted Bryce Young as the difference maker, you know, and now looking at Stroud play, I mean, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying he was the QB one of the class pre-draft and everything. And, uh, Stephen, I'm kind of buying into the hype, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of in the same boat, man. I think I had him at, I think I had him at three, the a rich kind of train come on pretty strong course at the end of the year there. And he was, everybody's basically consensus one. I think I had Bryce young over Stroud and then Stroud right behind him. Um, as it sits right now, I got him over Bryce Young, and yeah. it's close. But to me, he's proven a little bit more that he's ready and that he can make some tough throws. And I don't think Bryce Young has like done anything saying he can't. Stroud's just been better, and yeah. so at the end of the day, I have him at two, and it's a very close race between him and A. Rich at the moment. Um. I don't still have like a rich way over him. I'll say that. So I need to see a rich do a little more throwing. Uh, I love his athleticism and his running. I need to see him throw the ball like Stroud. I need him to hang in that pocket and make some good throws and then use his legs too. So uh, I I was asking, uh, I was asking a buddy about this too, about just the dynasty quarterback. 
Justin Fields worries me as far as just these athletic quarterbacks that can run and you get that mm. eye candy and then their value shoots up because they have a few great games and then then this happens. Could that happen to Anthony Richardson? I don't know. Maybe. Um, but I'm just saying I, I need to see more throwing from these athletic quarterbacks before I anoint them the way we anointed Justin Fields. I think I've kind of learned my lesson on that. Mm. And I think I think Lamar Jackson, too, kind of broke the mold on this. But everybody's not Lamar Jackson. That's just, that's just the truth. And yeah. Lamar Jackson is just good enough to be considered at this point in his career a decent passer with great athleticism. I still don't think Lamar's a great passer. I just think he's good enough. And, and you got to at least be that, and we need to see that from some of these other athletic quarterbacks before we anoint them up here in these fantasy rankings because they, you know, this could be, a, you know, some of these guys could be like just, uh, Justin Fields and, and their jobs be on the line just in a matter of weeks. Um, also, speaking of the, of, of the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud, let's talk about Tank Dell for just a second. Finish this pass game with a stat line of five catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. B.J., Tank Dale, Nathaniel Tank Dale, if you didn't know his full name, is the wide receiver 13 on the year in PPR leagues. BJ, is he the wide receiver to own in Houston? Oh, man, Stephen. Uh, if you're telling me that a third or even sometimes fourth round rookie pick would be the wide receiver one for the Houston Texans, I would have never guessed it, man. Uh, but I think he's making his case. You know, I'm a big Nico Collins guy. I think Nico is a is an underrated wide receiver and can put up some high upside games. But man, CJ Stroud likes Tank Dell. And I mean, they came in the same rookie class together this year. And uh man, it's looking it's looking like he's putting together uh, a resume right now, Steven. And I think yeah. he's drawing the attention of folks. It really does. And 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 look, this is just the funny thing about fantasy football and dynasty in general. Week one, just two weeks ago now, from it, right at week one, where, I mean, we just finished week three, so right at the end of week one, I was sending out some offers for some Nico Collins. And I was like, man, I'd like to have Nico Collins. He looks really good there, and it looks like it looks like C.J. Stroud is really going to throw in the ball. But here we are week three, and mm -hmm. I'm going, eh, not so I big really, on I Nico really want, I really want to take really, Dale. <laughs> I really want to take Dale. So I appreciate all the declines for Nico when I was sending out some offers for him. You know who you are. Um, cause I don't think he's the wide receiver to own there. So, um, but tank Dale looks like he's the part playing the part. He looks really good. BJ moving on the most prolific offensive outburst we've seen in 50 years, the Miami dolphins this past year, this past year, <laughs> this past week <laughs> curb stomped the Denver Broncos 70 to 20 BJ with Devon, a Chan. I think yep. <laughs> coming out of nowhere as the RB1 on the week, man. He rushed 18 times for 203 yards and two touchdowns while adding four receptions for 30 yards and two more touchdowns. BJ, has Devon A. Chan emerged as a sleeper running back moving forward? Man, I know he tried to correct the media and stuff, but I still want to say A chain, man. It just it sounds I'm saying better. A chain, man. He, yeah. can, he can kick rocks. I don't care. Oh man. Uh as somebody who traded away A chain preseason, uh, I'm really upset about this news. Uh me and you talked. <laughs> I was actually a big <laughs> A A Chan fan uh going into the year after rookie drafts. And um I'm pretty upset about it, Stephen. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Um, Sorry, BJ. If I've led okay. you astray, I it's, apologize. It's, it's, it's all right, man. I I think that honestly, man, I, I don't want to wish injury on nobody. Raheem Mostert's been killing it right now, and like, good for him. But I think this can be a two-headed backfield, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, and obviously, Miami, they've got ways to scheme plays, and they're going to get to their playmakers. And so, you know, I would I would love for them to embrace the pass as as we've said before in a previous episode. But, I mean, I still think that, I mean, Lord, if you just watched their scoring highlights last week, it's like the highlight to a whole game. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I think if you get, I think if you got A-Chain, man, um, you're excited. Shut up. You're excited right now. Uh, <laughs> and so, man, I, I think he's a good, I think he was a good sleeper running back in the, in the yeah. rookie class. I like him in this rookie class. I, th this production, I, it's not, obviously, it can't, it's not going to, this ain't going to continue. Um, but, 
this this week, man, it was it was a monstrous week. I think really and truly this year alone, HN and Mostert are going to hurt each other moving forward. Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're going to be a split backfield. It's going to be a two headed monster. Is the offense good enough to support two? Maybe, um, but we probably need to see that for another you know week or two before you can just say, okay, let's do this. Um, BJ of these guys, HN Mostert. We're going to talk about Tyreek Hill in a minute. We know he's there. Jalen Waddle, know he's there. Of those four, basically offensive weapons, are you sitting any of them this week? Mm. If if you own any, I mean, I know you know you may not own some, but if you did own them, are are they a sit in your lineups? Or are you starting them everywhere? I think you're starting them everywhere, man. Uh, yeah. The only case I can make is I would like to see Devon H. Han uh, do it more than just one week. You know, right. but I think I, I think I think right now with Mostert, Hill, and Waddle, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've, I, dude. Also, time out for just a second, Stephen. Do you know how many teams that I've seen in Dynasty have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the same team? Mm-hmm. And and you know, I, I would think those people are crazy. And obviously, Waddle didn't play last week, but with this offense, man, you could very easily have a wide receiver one, wide receiver two every single week. Yep, absolutely. Could I mean there'll be some weeks they finish wide receiver ones, both of them. So yeah. uh I, I I completely agree with you. I do think that I would love to see HN do it again. Um, but saying that, I'm gonna say this anywhere I have him, I'm gonna start him this week. So oh, yeah. I don't I don't guess I have to see him do it again. I think what'll happen is he'll probably you know, he'll probably have a dud, but, but you know, maybe maybe not this week, but I think a dud's probably coming from him. I hope not. I hope they can support two running backs. It's fun when fantasy's fun. So I hope they can yeah. support two running backs with that offense. And it's pretty obvious they can support two wide receivers. Uh, just to go over these stats for these other uh, playmakers, we talked about HN stats, but Mostert finished the week 13 rushes, 83 yards, three rushing touchdowns, seven receptions on seven targets for 60 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, those two finished uh, respectively one and two on the week. <laughs> so uh, it's just a cr- crazy week, man. Tyreek Hill finished the week with nine catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. And BJ, all of that dump damage was done mostly in the first half, mostly. Yeah. Um, and obviously, this week Jalen Waddle was a did not play. Um, so you did all of that. You had all of that, and Jalen Waddle, who's arguably, you know one of the most prolific wide receivers in the league right now alongside Tyreek Hill didn't even play and they were able to do all that. So uh, offense looks really scary. I've seen some crazy stuff on it. I've seen some coordinators and some people, some insider people, football people saying that the scheming uh, that Mike McDaniel's doing is just insane. They've not seen it before. I'm here for it, BJ. I love it. I love it. So continuing on here, BJ, the Minnesota Vikings are 0 and 3 after losing in a shootout this week against Chargers. BJ, did you watch the end of this game, by the way? No, I don't think I got a chance to watch it. BJ, at the end of this game, and look, there's some blame to go around everywhere, but at the end of this game, the the, the Vikings get a first down inside the 10-yard line. And BJ, there was 40 seconds on the clock, and they had a timeout left. BJ, they let that clock run all the way down, and they only got two plays off for the rest Mm -hmm. of the way. Oh, they, wait, wait, time out. Is this the game that Kirk Cousins threw the pass to T.J. Hawkinson in the end zone and yes. he got intercepted at the end? Of- yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I did watch it. And so I just don't understand what they're doing there in that moment. They had a timeout. Instead of using the timeout, they were at the line. It was loud. They couldn't hear. You could see them scrambling. Kirk was yelling. He was making hand signals and motions. And while doing all this, the clock's just running, and it's it goes good. from 40 seconds down to 15 seconds in a matter mm. of – you know, just like that, and they had a timeout in their back pocket. And even if they didn't, they could have ran up and spiked the ball and at least got three plays off. BJ, did they intercept the ball on the first play? Was it the first play? Uh, I want to say so. I can go back and look at it. It may have been the first play. So they got one play off right there, and they had 40 seconds to get four off right there. It was just terrible clock management, in my opinion. Um, to me, that, that falls on the head coach. It has to. And I don't even know – that much was said about it because I hadn't heard anything about it, but it's got to fall on the head coach right there um, to call that timeout, to get his team where he needs them right there in that moment, uh, settle them down and, and get you four great play calls in to win that game. Instead, uh, like I said, the clock ran down. They got one play off. Hawkinson bobbled it, got picked off in the end zone. Um, 
But, man, I say that to say this. All the while, the Vikings are 0-3 and, and looking shambles. Kirk Cousins sitting at the top, as you said to start the episode, uh, BJ, at the QB1 spot on the year. And then you have Justin Jefferson sitting in at uh, just a lowly wide receiver three on the year. Simply put, BJ here, what's wrong with the team? Uh, real quick, Stephen, it was the first play after the 40, mm-hmm. after, I after thought the it was. 30 second I it was. clock run yeah. off. After uh, I said two plays, I thought maybe it was the first play. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't understand. Dude, honest opinion, Stephen, if I'm putting blame on anybody, which I'm, I understand the Vikings have had a tough schedule. They played the Chargers. They played the Eagles. Uh, week one, they played the Buccaneers. I don't, I don't think that should have been a loss. Uh, but my thing is, man, you got to partly blame the defense, right? I mean, they haven't been able to stop anybody. The Buccaneers put 20 points on them. The Eagles put 34. And then not only that, but the uh, this past week, the Chargers ended up putting 28 on them. And, I mean, I understand you're holding the Chargers to 28 points. You're holding the Eagles to 34, whatever. But my thing is, your offense cannot catch a break, you know? It seems like the game is close the entire way through. I mean, if you're if you're a betting person, you're pretty much placing your money on the Kirk Cousins over passing attempts right now, mm-hmm. you know? And you're smashing about every week. And the thing about it is, is you can expect them each and every week to play like that. Uh, now, this coming up week, they got the Panthers. And so you got two 0-3 teams playing each other once again. And so, uh, man, here's here's hoping that the Vikings could get this dub against the Bryce Young-led team, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I love Kirk Cousins. I do. I, I, I really am a fan. I love Justin Jefferson. Um I, the defense is not very good, BJ, and, mm. and and the running game's not giving them any favors, doing them any favors. Madison's been awful. He's had fumbles and missed. He's missed. I've seen him miss balls, and obviously they signed Cam Akers, um, you know, this week, um, but or traded for him. Excuse me, but man, it's just it's in. They're kind of in shambles. They do need a win, and they need it now. Um, so rooting, I am rooting for him this week to get that done. Mm. Um, Little bit of last little bit of news and notes before we talk about a couple injuries here. Devontae Adams, BJ. Devontae Adams still has it. Oh, BJ. Yeah. He had 13 catches this week for 172 yards and two touchdowns. Proven, BJ, to me that man, he can and he's gonna continue to put up wide receiver one numbers, even on what seems like to be a bad Raider team. Uh currently the wide receiver four on the year. BJ, my question is, where do you have Devontae Adams? in your dynasty rankings? Uh, that's maybe an ageism thing, Stephen. I don't know, yeah. man, but I, yeah. I still got him around that 14, 15 range. And because my tough. thing is there, there's a lot, there's a lot of receivers. I would trade him straight up for right now. Yeah. Uh, like for if instance, you're trying to win, you wouldn't. I know that's the thing. And it's hard. You know, it's, it's kind of like me and the buddy. We're talking about Keenan Allen right now. You know, Keenan Allen is a wide receiver one on the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But my thing is like, it, it sounds bad, but are you buying Keenan Allen for a first right now? knowing that that age cliff could happen at any moment. Right. And I think you have to ask the same questions about Devontae Adams. I mean, yeah, he still has it right now. But with us, we're so on this mindset of youth that oh, I know. I know. You, you have to break that at some point. Yeah. I, I th- and, and, and and look, BJ, there's going to be a lot of teams this year that has Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams on their rosters that win a championship. A lot of yeah. them. And – Here's it is it's hard. It is hard. You're right. Um, obviously, I get if you're complete rebuild and you have one of these guys, you do need to move them. And would oh, it be so okay hard. to move them? You know, it'd be okay to move them for a for a receiver that's not producing as much, who's younger and maybe up and coming. I get that. But BJ, my question for you really is: if you are a dead red win and you want to go after Devontae Adams, where do you put him? Where do you have him? What are you giving up for him? What are you giving uh, up to to seal the deal to go get that championship? Because BJ, we hadn't talked about this in a while, but the reason we play dynasty football, for me anyway, it's not to be a farm system. It's not to own a bunch of young guys and say, "Man, look how young I am." Nope. It's it's to do both. It's to stay young, stay youthful, have those good young receivers, have those good young running backs, have those great young quarterbacks. But it's also about going and winning the thing. And you can't go win it if you don't have guys like Devontae Adams, guys like Keenan Allen, guys like Tyreek Hill who's getting up there in age. And, man, if you don't do it, if you don't go get these guys, you're not going to win some leagues. So my, my, my question here, BJ, is I know I asked you where you, where you have any dynasty rankings. You just said dynasty wide receiver 14. There's not currently – 13 wide receivers you're taking over him if you're trying to win a dynasty league. Mm. All right, so let me ask you this, Stephen. I'm going to give you three players. You tell me right now if, okay. you would, if you would trade them straight up. Okay. Okay, am I, try, am I trying to win? 
Am I going let's say, for let's it? Let's say yes. Let's just say yes. Okay. All right. All right. So Devontae Smith. Devontae Adams. Give me Adams. Okay. Well, I only have to read the rest of the list. It was at the top. Uh, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf. Same thing. Uh, yeah, Adams. If I'm trying to win the league, it's Devontae Adams, dude. I mean, they ain't yeah. even close. Those ain't even close. So, I, you know, I get it. I understand the ageism thing. And, again, I understand if you are if you are punting, if you are rebuilding, sure. Does it feel okay to go grab a DK Metcalf or, you know, uh, D- Devontae Smith if, you're, if you have no chance to win? Absolutely. I, it would probably feel great. It would probably feel okay. I saw in a league this week, man. I was in a league this week. A guy traded uh, – he traded his Christian McCaffrey for Chris Olave in a third, and he's mm-hmm. a complete rebuild. And he was, you know, he said, "Man, I've, you know, I've thought about this and the return that I can get for Olave. Lots of years on a receiver. Who knows about McCaffrey? Two, three years, maybe he left. And again, that ageism thing is going to be catching up to McCaffrey, even though he's he's dominant and forceful. This guy's punting, and so mm-hmm. I get it, and, and it's probably a good deal for both." But man, it's just it's just one of those things, man. These old vets still have it, and I know we talk about the dynasty aspect and and staying young and jumping up on top of these young guys that are going to be great for a long time. Alave is one of those guys to me, but Alave, I don't know how many leagues he might win you this year. He might, mm. he might turn it on. Adams is going to win you a league. Adams is going to win like, you a league. My thing is, Stephen, we had the same conversation about Travis Kelsey last year. Yeah, you know? and I told you you were wrong. Yep, and I, and I was so I don't know, man. It's a, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. All right, BJ, let's go over just a couple of injuries uh, that's kind of happened that we we need to we need to kind of address here. Uh, Mike Williams, uh, hate it, man. Uh, he was kind of balling out, uh, tore his ACL, uh, out for the year. Obviously, uh, currently through three weeks this year, he was sitting at wide receiver fifteen on the year. This is obviously going to not finish there, but he was sitting at a really comfy wide receiver fifteen. Uh, this will be a 10-month recovery process for Mike Williams. He'll be 29 coming back next year. Uh, should be ready for the start of the season next year, BJ. But to me, where, what does this do for him, for you, BJ? Where does he rank for you in Dynasty Leagues now? And what would you give for him if you were going to buy him in picks? I'd give a mid to late second, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially like if it's a win now and I can get a cheap wide receiver 2-3. Uh, I'm looking right now at his contract situation. He's still got one more year on the Chargers after this year, and then he's an unrestricted yeah. free agent after that. Yeah, BJ, I probably agree with you. I think a mid to late second's fair um, for him. 29 next year coming back. You know, we'll see. Uh, this obviously gives Quentin Johnston a, a chance to to shine a little bit. Uh, there we'll with see. Keenan Allen, the nice rookie. We'll see what he can do. Um, he's kind of got the same type profile that Mike Williams did. Um but a man, I hate it for Mike. Hoping for a speedy recovery. Hope he comes back next year. I've got him on a few squads, so uh, oh, yeah. I need it. I kind of need him to come back and be and be good for you know another year or two. Um, the one I'm the one that I think we're most of us were excited about. Uh, BJ, we had an unfortunate event of circumstances with you here and, and this player. But man, Nick Chubb, uh, the injury news that broke about midweek this week. Uh, after seeing that gruesome injury, right? I mean, it was bad. It, it was really bad, and we all looked him and. Me and you agreed, BJ, man, he might be done. He might be done forever. Like it just looked bad. And we so we said, man, what are you gonna what are you gonna do? I think our last podcast, we said, man, just hold him if you own him. You know, if you if you if you're gonna buy him, maybe a third. I don't know. Like it was just kind of like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. But man, BJ, the news broke this week that it looks like that it's only gonna be his MCL. ACL still intact, everything else good, no major artery damage, no major anything else, only the MCL. And the MCL recovery time is only a six to eight month full recovery. So he's gonna have plenty of time, BJ, to become to get back for next year, to be back and probably be BJ I dare I say it, just as good. Great news considering what we saw. BJ, the dreaded question I ask you, since this news and your trade rejection this past week, where does Nick Chubb rank for you in Dynasty Leagues now? And what would you give for Nick Chubb in picks? I wouldn't give a first for him, I'll be honest with you, just because it's, it's hard for me, even with an MCL. I know it's not that big of an issue and all that, but I, I'm not giving a first for a player coming off of an injury. At, um, I'm not saying just because of his age or anything like that. Uh, we've seen what he can do, but, I mean, the only way I would is if maybe it was 112, and I could guarantee that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as ranking in dynasty leagues, I think he was a lot of people inside the top eight pre-injury. 
Uh, I think for me, he falls down to right around that. I don't know, like I would say sixteen to eighteen range right now. Yeah. You know, That's uh, fair. just 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 my thing is if I can trade him for a running back that can help me win right now. You know, like for instance, we've got DeAndre Swift climbing up the rankings right now. Uh, I think a Nick Chubb for DeAndre Swift trade would be one that might could actually help you win a championship. You know, and yeah. uh, it, it's tough because I, I don't know. I just that's kind of where I got him at around that probably 16, 18 range. Well, BJ, like your rankings, like just kind of to me in my mind, uh, you can tell me if I'm wrong because I don't know your personal rankings here, but you kind of like it almost feels like you contradict yourself because you say you're not going to give a first, but then you know you'll yeah. go and and take a and and give a you'll give Swift for him. Um, oh, sorry, I meant the reverse side of that. My okay, fault. okay. Like okay. if I if I, I had you. Chubb, I would sell him for Swift. I got you. I see what you're saying. Okay, my bad. yeah, I got you. Okay, yeah, we're on the same page then because to me. Swifts, Swifts, you can't give up at this point for less than a. No, person. no, 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 no. Yeah, so, I one thousand so, percent agree. So okay, I got you. So we're we're backwards on that. Uh, BJ, I don't know that I wouldn't give a first for Chubb, although it would be unlikely. But yeah, I'll say that to say this: Nick Chubb's worth more than Mike Williams to me, and so mm-hmm. Mike Williams coming in at a mid second to late second. It just feels like it'd be hard to do, right? It just kind of feels like in picks, it's like, I don't know, don't want to give a first, but he's probably more – like if you own him, you, if you own him with this news, you ain't taking a second. You know no, what I mean? Home, so, so you're just – you're most likely holding. And if you could find somebody who was down on like a Swift, you know, I get that. I, I would probably make that trade too. I own Nick Chubb in a couple leagues where I may try to move him to compete. You know, but I won't be giving him up for pennies on the dollar just because he's hurt. Because I, I do think he comes back, and I do think he can be a. I think he can be. I think you're probably right in saying he's a 16 to 18 dynasty rank. But I think he could come back next year and be, you know, eight to eight to 14 ish on on yeah. the year. Like as far as finish, if he comes back healthy and ready to go. So, BJ, I, I still like him, and I, I still I'm 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 glad I'm grateful that his his career looks to be back on track and not going to end as with a gruesome injury that we saw. Yeah, man, we needed some good news, Stephen. Yep. Uh, so hey, real quick, man, speaking of some good news, Stephen, we're talking about sneaky flex plays, and we're back, baby. Uh, we ended up having a fantastic week on sneaky flex plays. Uh, last week, Stephen, you said to start Christian Kirk, who finished the week at wide receiver twenty six, fringe wide receiver two there with a stat line of four catches for 54 yards and a touchdown with 15.4 PPR points, Stephen. Uh, I called it last week, Stephen, and this was all by chance and not analysis. But I said to start Raheem Mostert, who finished as the RB2 on the week with a stat line, we've already said, 13 rushes for 83 yards and three touchdowns and seven receptions on seven targets for 60 receiving and one touchdown. Let's keep it going this week, Stephen. Who's your sneaky flex play? All right, BJ, my sneaky flex play this week is none other than the juggernaut of a receiver that we call a Mr. Tutu Atwell. Um, This week he caught four of nine targets for 50 yards, uh, and he did catch a touchdown in the Rams' 1916 loss uh, to the Bengals. Uh, Atwell also tallied 22 rushing yards on one carry, and he had a touchdown called back after it ruled he stepped out of bounds. Atwell led the team in targets. He's clearly, to me, the current wide receiver, too, probably behind Puka Nakua. And until Cup comes back, I think Atwell has some great value. Um, it looks like Stafford likes him. Uh, this 23-year-old speedster, man, I think he's a solid flex option heading into the matchup against the Colts in week four. I think that is a fantastic call, Stephen. Uh, Tutu Atwell actually surprised me the past couple of weeks, man. And uh, he's sneaking into a couple people's lineups. Yep. Uh, my sneaky flex play this week is a gross one. Uh, I'm going with Michael Thomas, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, uh, he's been he's been consistently a wide receiver three four each, each week, and been producing roughly around 11 PPR points each week. Uh, this week he does face off against the Tampa Bay defense that wide receivers have been feasting against each and every week. Mind you, some of them have been studs. Uh, week one, the Tempe defense played Justin Jefferson, who had nine receptions for 150 yards. Jordan Addison, four receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. And TJ Hawkinson, eight receptions for 35 yards. Then in week two, they played the Chicago Bears. 
Justin Fields threw more to DJ Moore, 104 yards, than he did the entire game last week. Cole Komet had 38 yards receiving. Chase Claypool even caught a touchdown against him. And then last week, you had A.J. Brown torch him for 131 yards. Devontae Smith put up 41 yards, and Dallas Goddard put up another 47. Uh, so Michael Thomas is obviously the wide receiver, too, of this offense, in my personal opinion. And he's playing similar to my eyes as the Jarvis Landry role in Cleveland, getting those PPR points up, low yardage, that type of thing. Uh, we've, all, I think Derek Carr is trending towards being out with that shoulder injury, Stephen. And so this is a revenge game for Jameis Winston, man, famous Jameis going out there throwing it. And so I'm firing up Michael Thomas and expecting to get 10-plus PPR points in my flex this week. I like it. I hope you're right. Uh, um, of course, you know, everybody Everybody knows here I'm a big Saints fan. Don't – don't. I hate to see the car injury, and I'm not a Jameis Winston fan at this point. But we're going to roll with it. We're going to see what happens, and and we'll just we'll we'll roll with the punches. I hope Jameis comes in fired up, revenge game, like you said. And uh, for what it's worth, I do think Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas have a better rapport than Derek mm-hmm. Carr and Michael Thomas at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see. So. Sweet, man. Let's get in this underdog segment. All right, man. This underdog segment, BJ. Let's recap last week, BJ. BJ, you had Christian McCaffrey uh, over 78 and a half rushing yards. BJ, you got on the board, baby. You are yeah. on <laughs> the board with a hit with 85 rushing yards. BJ, we had Nico. You had Nico Collins uh, over 52 and a half receiving yards. He did miss with 34 receiving yards. BJ, leaving you with a current – Record on the year of one and five in underdog plays. BJ, happy for you, man. Happy to see you join the club on the board. I love it. Uh, This week for me, BJ, I did two uh, tight end uh, anytime touchdowns. Uh, Obviously hit with my man, Travis Kelsey, with Taylor Swift in the house. He did hit with a touchdown late in that game. And then TJ Hawkinson uh, did miss the anytime touchdown uh, with zero. BJ, I'm sitting at a very very lowly two and five uh this uh for this uh, for our underdog picks on the year bj we're looking to continue the trend though of our winning ways and even maybe sweep this week bj let's let you lead off here what you got all right man i'm going with philadelphia's rb1 deandre swift yes you Uh, are over 63 and a half rushing yards steven how many yards did deandre swift rush for in week three Ooh, 131 130 even right there on the dot, oh, man. Dang. How many yards? How many yards did he rush in week two? Ooh, 100 and don't remember a lot. 100 and C, I can't remember. That's a lot. 175, Steven. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, telling yeah. me that I can take half of the rushing yards he had against a Tampa Bay defense in Tampa Bay for 63 and a half when he's playing against the Washington Commanders this week. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm I'm smashing the over, Stephen. Uh, my thing is, it. man, the the Commanders' offense is atrocious right now. Uh, they are not good. They put up three points against the Buffalo Bills. James Cook just rushed for 98 yards. You're telling me DeAndre Swift behind this offensive line can he? Man, I, I expect him to smash over 98 yards, Stephen. And so I'm I'm banking on this one, man. I'm gonna see my record at at least two and two and six next week. It's gonna be it's gonna be three and <laughs> three three and five, but at yeah. least two and six with this pick. Man, I like it, BJ. And 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 look, if you were if you were if you saw the game two weeks ago where Swift had 175 rushing yards, as you said, BJ, do you know what Swift's line was before the game came out this past week? You know, Gainwell was coming back and all this, and we didn't just didn't know. And oh, probably like 20. BJ, it was like 34. It was 34. Mm-hmm. You could have smashed Swift this past week for 34 rushing yards. He obviously destroyed that. Um, but man, and at 63 and a half. I like it. I like it. Well, I think you just kind of roll the dice and, and take it, take it, take it is, is for what it is. BJ, I'm going to go ahead and let you finish up your underdog pick here. Go ahead and give us your second one. All right, man. I'm going with the wide receiver who I told you guys was going to kill it this year, pre, pre NFL season. And that is Keenan Allen. Uh, I, I know the Mike Williams news sucks and I know it is not fun, but my thing is, man, like, are you going to trust Quentin Johnson and Josh Palmer? to steal targets from Keenan Allen, who ended up just put up a, gosh, what was the stat line? 20 targets for 18 receptions and 215 yards. The week prior, he had 10 targets, 8 receptions, 111 yards. 
My yeah. thing is, man, I'm smashing the over of 82, 82 and a half receiving yards this week because they are going to play through Keenan Allen. They are playing a Las Vegas Raiders defense who, honestly, their offense has been struggling as well. Josh Jacobs has not been able to get it going at all. And if I'm not mistaken, they have been giving up a ton of passing yards. Uh, Kenny Pickett just threw for 235 yards on them this past week. And so with it, man, Justin Herbert, I'm expecting him to continue throwing the ball, continue to, to air it out. Austin Inkler may be back. But even with that, man, I'm expecting Kenny Allen to go out there, continue his trend, continue being the wide receiver one overall after this week. And honestly, man, like process of elimination, Stephen, who else are they going to throw to? Right. Smash the yeah. smash the over here, get the yardage, and man, I yeah. hope that you I hope you put in that player prop for that season long that we told you to at the very beginning of the season. Yeah, it's gonna hit, BJ. <laughs> it's gonna hit. Uh, just to give you some live updates right now on underdogs, Swift is still sitting at sixty three and a half. Um, Keenan Allen, however, is now sitting at eighty six and a half Boom. Um, receiving yards. So BJ's already already obviously hit that and locked that in earlier. You might want to just keep an eye on it, uh, B, uh, BJ. Maybe maybe that line drops back down to you know eighty three, eighty four. I don't know. BJ, would you lock it in at eighty six and a half? It's tough, man. I think once you get up to that eighty-eight range, I think then they're going to kind of try to hook you with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I think I think eighty-six, you're probably pushing it. Yeah. But I mean, I, I I still like it as of right now. Yeah. Right now, Keenan Allen sitting at eighty-six and a half, like I said. So that's your two live lines right now as we're looking at them. Keep an eye on them, guys. If you like, if you like those lines, if you if you like doing this, just kind of keep an eye, keep a watch on it. I, I don't know if I'd lock it in quite yet. Maybe wait and see what it does and. You know, if it doesn't go down by game day and you still like the line, maybe lock it in then, but just kind of keep an eye on it. For sure. Uh, BJ, I'm jumping in this week. I'm jumping back in on the Thursday night special train, BJ, man. I've dove into this week. I'm really looking to sweep. I'm trying to go 2-0, and BJ. It'll be our be my first sweep of the year uh on our on our on our podcast here, man. And so I did a little I did a little digging here. Um the Green Bay Packers, they're holding their opponents to 212 passing yards per game. Uh, and I know they hadn't played the, you know, the the greatest quarterbacks um, so far, um, man. But they are holding their opponents to 212 passing yards per game this year. On the flip side of that, the Lions are allowing a whopping 40 passing attempts per game and 270 passing yards per game. And by hearing these two things, you might kind of know where I'm going. My two player pops this week, BJ. My first one here. I'm going with Jared Goff under 254 and a half passing yards, BJ. And like I said, the Packers have held opponents through three games to 212 passing yards. So just playing the numbers here, Thursday night, short week. It's usually kind of a sloppy game on Thursday. I don't look for just a whole lot of offense. I watched the Packers game entire in, in its entirety against the Saints last week. That secondary is pretty good. Um I'm looking for him to hold Jared Goff under 254 and a half passing yards, BJ, this week. Uh, Stephen, I'll be honest with you, man. Jared Goff's only hit that line once this year, and that yep. was against the Seattle secondary that has been struggling. Uh, I don't mind this line at all, Stephen. I'll be honest with you, man. I think it's a good yep. call. I like it. Um, and my second prop this this week on our Thursday night specials here, as I said, the lines allowing a whopping 40 passing attempts per game. BJ, you got to know where I'm going with this. Jordan Love over 32 and a half passing attempts. Uh, I, I, again, I watched I watched the game last week. Jordan Love looks like he's the real deal. He looks the part. He uses his legs. He's he uses his arm. He made some good throws. He's getting it done when it counts and when it matters. Um, and and just just to give you reference here, he may or may not have Christian Watson back. We don't know. But this past week. He threw the ball 44 times against the New mm -hmm. Orleans Saints, and I think they're going to allow him to continue to throw. And I don't know that he'll throw 40-plus times again, but just the fact that the Lions are allowing 40 passing attempts a game, that lets you know that the defense they're showing, either teams are checking out of run plays because of the looks they're giving and they're throwing the ball, or they're just bad on defense. They're, it's not like – because they hadn't been – they're not – they're not game scripts not allowing that. The Lions hadn't been way ahead winning games and teams having to throw against them. And so that's just what it's telling me. I'm just going on what I know here. So the line of 32 and a half passes attempts for Jordan Love, I'm smashing the over on that, PJ. Absolutely, man. I just saw a while ago they did announce that Christian Watson is trending to be uh make his season debut tomorrow night, Stephen. Mm -hmm. And okay. so I think it's a good call. Mm -hmm. 
Awesome, man. Well, hey, Stephen, to wrap up this episode, man, uh, what we're planning on doing is every three weeks, we're going to take a look at current dynasty stock and give you one player to buy low and one player to sell high. So let's just have a little buy low, sell high segment, Stephen. Uh, this is going to be based off of trends and where we're seeing and projecting these players going forward. Uh, yep. So I'll start off real quick, Stephen. Buy low. This is a player that where we have talked about multiple times on this podcast. And they just to be quite blunt with you, now's the time to buy Kyler Murray before it's too late. Uh, we've told you before in previous episodes, but we need to reiterate, re- reiterate this one more time. There's rumors going around that he could come back mid-season around week eight. Who knows? Uh, I saw, I heard a report today that said that they're actually going to get him off of the pup in a couple of weeks. And then on top of that, they may let him practice for a couple of weeks before actually bringing him back to the active roster. But one thing we know for sure, Stephen, is that he is a difference maker when he's out there. He is currently the QB 16 on keep trade cut, and I expect him to immediately jump up once he hits that field. Listen to me when I say this, guys. You cannot find a cheaper QB1 in Dynasty right now. Go put out some offers and some feelers for Kyler Murray right now before it's too late. BJ, I'm a little ill. I'm a little ill about this because I own Kyler in quite a few leagues where I am and have I'm trying to win. And I did use him as bait. I couldn't get anybody to buy. You included in this, BJ, in a, in a couple different leagues. BJ, I'm not selling him now. I'm not selling him at this point. If you want him now, you're fixing to pay for him. No, because yeah. you're not just going to come buy him. And so I think this ship has sailed. Although I do agree and, and kind of I, I see your take on this, my personal opinion as a Kyler Murray owner in multiple leagues is you're not getting him any more cheap. So I think that ship sailed. You can go put feelers out if you want to. But if you've waited this long, you ain't getting him cheap, in my opinion. Um, BJ, my sell, my buy low here, um, a guy that wrecked last year, um, Josh Jacobs, BJ, 2023 season stats this year, three games, 45 carries, 108 yards, 2.4 yards per carry, no Mm. touchdowns on the year, 10 receptions, 92 yards, no touchdowns. BJ, right now is the time to buy Josh Jacobs. Uh, I'm usually not a go by running back guy, but Jacobs is way better than this. I mean, he's way better than this. 108 yards through three games, that's what, averaging 35 yards a game or so? Mm. Um, so, man, it's it's he's way better than this. And I know this team's bad, but Josh Jacobs will get going. He's still very young. Uh, man, to me, BJ, the holdout uh, and coming right into the season – it halted his production, I think, but I think he's going to get it going. He's still only 25 years old. I still have him locked inside my top 10 as a dynasty running back. And so I think right now is the time to go make an offer for Josh Jacobs. Oh, 1,000%, Stephen, 1,000%. Uh, let's get into our sell high segment, Stephen. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. When I think about selling high immediately, I'm thinking about selling bridge running backs, running backs that are basically a filler right now. Uh, running backs such as Jerome Ford, Kyron Williams, Raheem Mostert, and James Conner. Did you know, Stephen, that list? Jerome Ford, Kyron Williams, Raheem Mostert, and James Conner. That's a what pretty James gross. What James Conner do to you, bro? Dude, just listen real James quick. James Conner has done nothing but – nothing, nothing but produce for the past – I, I get that. I, I get it. But here's my thing, though, Stephen, is that when you hear those four running backs, preseason, nobody wanted them on their teams. I love you James Conner. There was nobody else to run the ball on yeah, but also Arizona's disgusting, but they've been surprising people. <laughs> so, but look, when I read you that list, David, Jerome Ford, Kyron Williams, Raheem Mostert, James Conner. Did you know that each one of those four running backs are inside the top 11 at the position currently right now, Stephen? Wow. Inside the top 11, Jerome Ford rounds at that list at 11. And then you have James Conner at 9. You've got Kyron Williams at 5 right now. My gosh, dude. And then Raheem Mostert's the RB1. Okay. And like my, my thing is, David, each one of their futures are very, very murky, okay? Are you counting on James Conner, Raheem Mostert, Kyron Williams, and Jerome Ford to be your RB1 in Dynasty next season? I don't know, you know? And my thing is, David, I've seen players like this who are producing be sold for as high as a first-round rookie pick, and I'm talking about like a mid-first. I sold James Conner preseason to one guy. Now, mind you, this guy didn't really know what he was doing in Dynasty. I sold him for the 104, you know? And so we don't know what their futures hold, but if I can get out of one of these players for a secure 
positional player going forward, a young wide receiver or high enough draft pick, they're gone, Steven. I'm, I'm, I'm shipping them off immediately, even if it's Raheem Mostert, who's the RB1 on the season. I know you like the productivity of players like this. We just talked about with Devontae Adams. But throw these players on the block and just see if someone bites, man. See if somebody is willing to smash it. Throw out the data, man. You know, do some research. Tell everybody, hey, guys, Jerome Ford is an RB1 right now for the 2023 season, knowing that Nick Chubb's coming back, you know. But use a little sales pitch here, guys. Get get an overpay. Yeah. Yeah. So, BJ, you're telling me right now in a a league where you're, you're, you're going to win the championship, you're selling Raheem Mostert for a first? I mean, I, I might get like an RB3 or something like that out of it too, you know. But dude, BJ, I, so you're telling me you're going to you're going to sell if you're going for the championship, BJ, you're going to go sell Raheem Mostert right now in a league where you're going for the championship. And let's just say let's just say Raheem Mostert is your running back one. You're going to go sell him? You're going to sell him right now for a, for a first round pick? It depends on where the first is. <laughs> If I project, if I'm projecting that sucker mid first, then he's off my team. I don't give a crap. <laughs> uh, BJ, I don't disagree with you, man. I think I, I do think uh, I, this is a valid statement. I've I've been in talks with a couple owners on Jerome Ford. I'm not big on Kyron Williams for whatever reason. I just I love James Conner. Um, I I like Mostert, although I think Achan is nipping at his heels for some more playing mm-hmm. time. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, Jerome Ford though looks like the back this year in. Cleveland, uh, not Cleveland, excuse me. And uh, where are we? Where are we talking? Where are we, where yeah, drawn forward, Cleveland. Cleveland. It yep. is Cleveland, yeah. Uh, um, so I do think, uh, you know, I'm not giving a first for him though. I'm going to tell you no, right gosh, now. No. I've, Absolutely I've had, not. I've, I know there's some idiots I've, out there that will. I've had. Sorry, we apologize if you gave a first for Jerome Ford this week in the league. Um, did, do you know somebody that did that? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. But I, I had an offer. Uh, I, I actually did send a second for him straight up in the league, and the guy countered with a first and something this and that. Anyway, it was. I'm not. I wasn't doing it either. I'm not giving a first up for him. So, but nonetheless, I I, I agree with your point here. I see it. Um, all right, BJ. Here we go. <laughs> I'm talking about all these veterans and all these producers and winning leagues and not being a farm system. And here mm-hmm. we go. My, my sell high this week. Before I say this, I need to go, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Stephen. Contradict <laughs> yourself here, man. <laughs> I need everybody to go ahead and put their pitchforks down and take a deep breath as I say this name to you. Tyreek Hill. Boo. Boo. <laughs> look, and look, I absolutely love the guy. I love it. Look, and look, and I even I'm even gonna say it. If you're dead red win now, then you need to hold him, okay? You need to hold him if you're dead red win now. Do not go sell him. But BJ, if you cannot, if you cannot win your league, if you know from the bottom of your heart that you suck and you cannot win your <laughs> league, go sell Tyreek Hill right now. He's 29 years old. He's knocking on Father Time's door. Mm. And I get it. Wide receivers times can be expanded into the low 30s. But the return you can get for him right now after this outburst after this 70-point performance, after he's putting up 150 yards a week in this offense, you might not be able to get this return ever, ever, ever again. BJ, so look, kick the tires on it a little bit, guys. If you if you own Tyreek and you're not a win now, if you're in that middle of the pack and you can't, you know, you're not, you, you know, you don't see yourself competing this year or maybe the next, go sell him. Go kick the tires. Go buy Chris Olave. Maybe a Garrett Wilson. I think the maybe. advice I'm the advice I'm hearing you say, Stephen, is don't be middle of the pack. Maybe a Justin Jefferson. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. So, hey man, uh, I I think it's good advice. I think it's advice people don't want to hear, but when you explain it, and it when you know that you can't win your league, what is Tyreek Hill doing on your team? Yeah, what's man? he doing for your team? What's he doing for your team if you can't win the league, right? And look, are you are you gonna take? Will you take a hit as far as, like, obviously point production for the year? Yeah. If you sell Tyreek Hill, you're going to take a hit in point production most likely. I mean, it, yeah. don't, it really don't matter who you're selling because you're going you're, you're gonna to take a hit. And so – but it doesn't that's – not, that's not the point. The point is go sell him. It's time to sell him if you can't win. Oh, yeah. The good thing is I got him in two leads, and they're both ready to win now, so I'm riding this thing out, Steven. Mm-hmm. 
All right, guys. Hey, we want to take this time to just thank our listeners, man. We hope that each and every week you're enjoying these podcasts. We know we ran a little long tonight, man, but we just need to catch up, cover some some news and injuries, and also give you a little dynasty advice as well. Yeah. Uh, once again, thank you for the support, though, man. We appreciate it. You can follow us over on X. My handle is at AfroDynamics116. Stevens is at SDeaton24. And the pod is at LOL Dynasty Pod. Man, go out there and give us a five-star rating or review on each one, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We would greatly appreciate it. Look, guys, straightforward, straight to the point real quick before we close out. Make some moves this week, man. Quit being middle of the pack. If you got Tyreek Hill and you're sitting in eighth place and you're last in points for, but you've just gotten lucky, Sell that dude. Get rid of him. Okay. Make some moves this week. Solidify your championship run or sell it. You know, <laughs> rebuild. Do whatever you want to. We don't care. Y'all have a good week, though.